Shalom, Abraham, Rabbi Masechus, Gittin Daf Lametres Daf discusses taking trumas and maestres as a payment from for a loan from a koyin, a levi, or an oni. What happens if the oni gets rich, or if the oni dies in the meantime? Collecting it from their yorshim with bezdin. What happens if your miser may have? Some trumas meiser in it. How much do we need to be choshesh for that? We get with mission that tells us if someone lends money to a coin levy or an ani, and the deal is that instead of giving him trumas meisers, he'll keep those trumas meisers which he would give to the coin levy or ani as payment for his loan. He can take that, says the Mishnah, as and he can even assume that they're still alive when he's collecting it. We don't have to assume that they died. Or that the Oni got rich. If the Koyan Levi or Oni dies, he has to get Rishus from their Yarshim to continue taking off, to continue paying off the, uh, their debt with the Trumas and Maestris. If they did this original transaction of the borrowing in front of Bezdin, then he does not need the Rishus of the Yarshim. In the Gemara, we learn this guy is able to be taking off his own Trumas and Maestris and Beyoitza Trumas and Maestris as payment. How could he do that? He never actually gave it to the Kohen Levi or Oni. How could it be Mekayim the Mitzvah without any Nesina? So we have five different answers. Uh, three different answers. Number one, Rav says, when he has a Kohen or a Levi, which he's Makir, he always gives it to that Kohen and Levi, so there's an assumption. It's as if it was, he was noising it to them. Shmuel gives a second answer that he was Mazaka to them through someone else. So there wasn't a Sina. Ula gives a third answer that we're going in Shittas Rabbi Yoisi who says that even if he wasn't Zoyche in the Trumas of Maestris, it's as if it was. We make a Zoyche, ain't no Zoyche ke Zoyche. The Gemara explains why everyone only held of their Shita. They didn't agree with Rav because the Mishnah didn't say that he recognized the Kohen Levi or the Oni and they didn't go like Shmuel it doesn't say that he was Mazaka to them through someone else. And they didn't want to go like Ula because Ula is sticking our entire Mishnah, funneling it into one Tana, and we'd rather not do that. Next, the Gemara tells us five additional halachas as an addendum to our Mishnah. Besides from being allowed, that the lender is allowed to take the Chumas and Maestras as payment, number one, they can make a deal at the beginning of this arrangement that the even if the price goes down, he still gets to keep the Trumas and Maestris, which means he would be getting more payers if the price goes down. He'll be coming out higher in this loan. Second halacha is that there is no ribis here. Even if the price goes up, normally there would be. Number three, Shavias, Shemitah, is not going to cancel this loan. Number four, if the lender wants to backtrack and say, you know what, forget the Trumas and Maestros, I want cash, he's not allowed to switch that switch the deal. And number five, if the lender is misyayesh in ever getting paid back, he's no longer allowed to take off the Trumas and Maestros to keep for himself because you're not allowed to be mafresh al ha'ovud. The Gemara goes through these five steps. In the first halacha, we said that he's allowed to set the price at the lower price so that he'll be getting more payers so the price goes down. Isn't that pashut? The Gemara says, this is that even if they didn't actually speak out that deal, it says if they did, the price goes down, the deal continues. In the second halacha, 
it's the reason why it's not ribis is because if the guy didn't actually have any produce to take Tumas and Mises from, he wouldn't need the borrower, the, the Kayan Levi or Oni, wouldn't need to pay. So just because the Baal did get a hold of some produce, that doesn't now require uh, an Isarit Ribis. It is not going to cancel this get, this deal, this loan, because the only reason why Shemitah does is because the Pasuk of like Yigoj, you're not allowed to coerce the person into paying back his loan. And over here, there's no coercion Michlal. He's taking it from his own produce. He's also not allowed to backtrack on his deal to be taking it not from cash, but from his own produce. Or Papa explains, only the Balabais isn't allowed to backtrack and demand that the coin gives him money. But the coin is allowed to say, you know, I don't want you taking Trumas and Maestras. I want to pay you back the money I owe you. And then, if you choose, you can give me the Chumas Miseries. Like we learned above Metziah, in a Mishnah, that if he gives him money but never took the item, never took the pay raise, he's allowed to back out. So the client has that right. It's a schus for him. If the lender is misyayish from ever getting paid back, of course he's not allowed to take off his Chumas and Miseries. He's, he, he's still high in Chumas and Miseries like anyone else. Where it says, no, he was misyayish because his produce started drying out. At an earlier stage of drying out, I might think that this stage called Okun is Messiah a little bit. Maybe that counts as a Yish. And that would be binding. It would cut off the loan and he wouldn't be allowed to keep it for himself anymore. Kamash Malan, that it's only when his crops are totally out, when it's a full-fledged Yish. Over here, they could, be, they could grow back and become robust again and be able to collect his loan from the produce. Next, uh, and we have a Bryso where Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov tells us if someone lends money to a Koyan Alevi, but he does it in Bezdin, a Koyan Alevi dies, he could continue keeping his Trumasa and Maestras as a, because he did it in Bezdin, he has a Chazok, he's taking it from his whole Shevet. And if he do, he lends money to an Oni in Bezdin and then the Oni dies, he could continue keeping his Maestra Oni. Becheskas all Aniye Yisrael. Rabachi adds, no, it's Cheskas all Anim of the world. He, he, the reason why he's adding that, not just Aniye Yisrael, is because if there are Aniyim who are Kutim in the neighborhood, but no Aniye Yisrael, he'll still be allowed to keep his Meister, only to repay the, his loan, to take repayment for his loan. If the Oni now becomes rich and the loan gets cut short, the lender is not allowed to take off the Meiser Ani for himself, and the money that he had loaned the Ani stays with the Ani, who's now rich. Gamara asks, according to the Rabbanon over here, why if he dies, we give the money back, we, or we figure out a way for the lender to, to get his loan back, but if the Ani becomes rich, then it's all over? Gamara answers that it's common for the Ani to die. It's far less common for Ani to become rich. And if Papa says, that's why uh, there's a saying amongst the people. If someone tells you that your friend died, you can believe him. But if uh says that your friend became rich, you don't believe him. Next, we said in our Mishnah that if he, if the person, uh, the Korean Levi or Noni dies, then he needs Rishos from his Yorushim to continue this deal of keeping the Chumasomaisus for himself as in lieu of payment. And the Bryce Rebbe tells us it has to be Yorushim that are Yorish, that inherit 
wait, what kind of Yarshim don't inherit? So Yechonon explains, no, it has to be Yarshim that are inheriting land, not just money. Next up, Yoyinizan tells us that if a borrower dies and leaves over a little bit of grain, uh, the amount of a, a needle, and that's how much can be collected. If he leaves over a shovelful, you could collect a shovelful. Rabbi Yochanan disagrees, and he says, even if he only leaves over a little bit, the lender is allowed to take whatever he's owed, even a shovelful. We see in the Maisa of Katini and Abaye, where someone lent 100 zuz, and the borrower died, he only left over 50. And he did the shtick, where he collected from his karka twice, from the Yorshim. The lender is allowed to cash in according to Rabbi Yechanan. Next, the Gemara tells us if a Jew tells a levy, I have some miser of yours. He could give over that miser, and we don't have to worry that there's true mas miser, which is supposed to go to the Kayin, mixed into the miser. But if the Israel says a specific amount of miser, he says, I have a core of miser for you, then you do have to be concerned that there is some true mas miser mixed in. What's the case? So we have three interpretations. First, Abayah tells us, we're talking about a case of Israel that tells the Levi, I have some miser for you, and here is the value of it. So we're not worried that there's Trumas Meiser there. Maybe he took Trumas Meiser from somewhere else. But if he says a specific, he says, I have a core miser for you, and here's the, the money for it, and we are worried that there is some Trumas Meiser there from somewhere else. The Gemara says, well, one second. This guy's just being a Russia. He's buying Trumas Meiser from a Levi. And he's making the he's making the Levi go take off Trumas Meiser again from his own stuff. It can't be right. So Rav Misharshi Bereid gives us a second interpretation. That the Israel is telling the son of the Levi, I have your father's Meiser, and I want you to sell it to me. I'll, I'll buy it off of you. Over there, we're not worried. That, that maybe father got Trumas, took Trumas Meister off somewhere else and is going to do it a second time. But if the Israel says, I have a specific amount, a core of Meister from your father and I want to sell that to you, then we are worried that there is Trumas Meister in there. That his father had taken off Trumas Meister already. The Gemara says, well, how would that work? Assuming his father was a Chavir, he's a Choshevayin, he's a Levi, the only time you're allowed to take off Chuma, you're supposed to take it off from something which is nearby, something which is Minamukov. Uh, so why are, we, why are we assuming that the father, just because I said it's a specific amount, took off Chuma's Meiser from some, some from some grain which is not nearby, from, some, from somewhere else? So therefore, if Ashi gives us our third interpretation, he says that we're talking about the son of Israel, who tells a levy that my father told me that I have your Meiser. That I, I, I was Yorish this miser from my father. Or from you, the Levi's father. In that case, we are worried there's too much miser in there. There is no set amount. There's a good chance that the Balabias hasn't yet taken off Chumas miser. However, on the flip side, if the son is saying, I have a, uh, or a specific amount of miser, father from my father and we're not worried since he said it's a core it's a specific amount this was grain which was already taken care of and the Chumas Maeser was already Misukan Frag the Gemara 
can a Balbias take off Trumas Meiser? Normally, he takes off, uh, let's say, two out of a hundred for Truma, and then the the the, the other ten or the nine point eight, he gives the Levy for Meiser Eastern, and the Levy takes off the Trumas Meiser. How are we assuming here that the Balabias himself had, ta- had already taken off Trumas Meiser? The Gemara says there are cases when he can. Brisa Abel Elozer ben Gamla tells us that he learns in the pasuk of Enech Shav Lachem Trumas Chem that there are two Trumas mentioned in the Torah. Chuma Gedola and Chuma Smeiser, and we learn them to each other. Just like Chuma Gedola can be estimated, and you could take it off in his mind and say, okay, that half is going to be the Chuma, and I'm going to eat from this half. You could do the same thing with Chuma Smeiser. And just like the Balabaises can take off Chuma Gedola, the Balabaises can also take off Chuma Smeiser. So according to him, that'll be our case. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.